0: the situation. Fundro Life Radio
1: and Dash Radio Network are taking over.
0: Prepare yourselves.
1: This is Hollywood Unfiltered, hosted by Dana Buckler and Brandon Lou here. Okay, welcome back to Hollywood Unfiltered on Fun for Life Radio, a part of the Dash Radio Network. I'm Brandon Liu here, and my co-host Dana Buckler is off this week, so I'll be flying solo on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Not to worry, though. Dana will be back next week, and we already have some exciting stuff planned, so look forward to that. But I shouldn't get too ahead of myself. There's a lot to talk about on the show today. I've got some headlines for you, some box office numbers. We have a special guest joining us in a little bit. And if we do have time later, I'm going to open up the lines to some listener call I really hope we can get to that. But that being said, I'm not going to waste another second. Let's get right into what's been trending in entertainment news this week. Now, I suppose I should actually start with the rather obvious fact that it is the week of Thanksgiving. Woohoo! It's time for turkey, time for stuffing, and of course, time for arguing with your extended family about nonsense. I will certainly be participating in that. But I had a few people ask me how they can watch the classic Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special in 2021. Now, at first glance, that might be a silly question. Just watch it on TV. And it does still air on TV. I believe PBS and PBS Kids, if you have traditional TV service provider. However, if you're like many people these days who only use streamers to get content, you can still watch the special via streaming it on Apple TV+. Now, if you don't want to pay for the service, I do hear they offer a seven-day free trial. Wink, wink. Uh, if you do want it, the service and didn't already have it, I think it's like five bucks a month. Hey, it's up to you, though. Now, dust off your cauldrons and whip out your wands because Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson will join filmmaker Chris Columbus and other cast members from all eight Harry Potter films for the first time ever in an HBO Max retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the franchise's first film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which premiered 20 years ago last week. 20 years since Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I personally can't believe it. I think my grandmother got me the VHS tape of that movie, When it came out, and I remember staring at the box for hours because my parents wouldn't let me watch it right away, I had to wait an agonizing 12 or 24 hours as a kid. And let me tell you, I still have PTSD from all of that time. But hey, we live in 2021 now, and you can stream all eight films on HBO Max right now. And the Return to Hogwarts special will premiere on HBO Max uh, on New Year's Day 2022. Now, if that wasn't enough for the Harry Potter fans out there, Helen Mirren is hosting a four-part event called the Tournament of Houses and will feature fans competing to take home the Tournament of Houses championship trophy. And we'll also feature cameos by Harry Potter film alumni, as well as some celebrity super fans. It looks really cool to me. And we actually have a little clip here courtesy of TBS and Cartoon Network. Let's check that out really quick.
0: This is the night you've been waiting for. I'm Helen Mirren, and I have the absolute pleasure of being your host for this rather magical event. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, and Ravenclaw. They'll compete in a head-to-head trivia match about all things Potter. House versus House do you think of Ravenclaw? Slytherins are... Helga Hufflepuff. In a pool of dim light. My heart is beating so fast, Helen. Here's the question. Defense against the Dark arts. Serious Black. you think you know everything about the Wizarding World? Then boy, do I have a challenge for you. Helen Mirren hosts Harry Potter, Hogwarts Tournament of Houses.
1: The four-night event begins November 28th. Oh,
0: that was fun.
1: <laughs> On TBS and Cartoon Network. I, you know, it's as cheesy as it sounds, I really am looking forward to it. I love Harry Potter. I don't care what anybody says. Now, I do have an update on the IaaSi story we have been covering on this show for the better part of two months now. It's finally been concluded at least for now, but the leadership for the union put out a press release saying, quote, "...members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees have voted to ratify two contracts with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is the trade group representing producers, major studios, and streaming services." Now, prior to this announcement, there were weeks of negotiations between the organizations that eventually broke down. It nearly led to a strike. The strike was then averted, and then this agreement put forth to be ratified. There was some question as to whether or not the members of the union would actually ratify it, but now they have, and the contracts between IATSE and the AMPTP address quality of life issues such as rest and meal breaks. It boosts revenue uh, contributions from streaming services, and it includes raises for all members and lift those at the very bottom to a living wage. And so, from what I understand, these contracts are good for three years, and they will be uh, then open for renegotiation. So, for now, dare I say it, this case is closed. I'm happy to hear it. You know, all is well that ends well, and uh, and yeah, that's a good thing for everybody who doesn't want their sports to be postponed or canceled. Now I do have another story we've been covering over the last few weeks. It's an update on the shooting on the set of Rust. Uh, I want to preface by saying that there's been a lot of salacious coverage of this story since it broke a few weeks ago. So take this as Dana would say with the biggest grain of salt you can find. But headlines are headlines. So I wanted to share with you all that uh, there's another lawsuit filed over the fatal shooting incident on the set of the Alec Baldwin Western Rust. It names the the actor and producer as a defendant. In this lawsuit, it was filed by a script supervisor this time uh, named Mamie Mitchell, and Alec Baldwin is being accused of failing to follow the script's direction by firing a gun when it wasn't actually called for. Now, the actual lawsuit itself, from what I understand, alleges that uh, Miss Mitchell was hurt, in the incident, um, that's what that's according to them. This this shocking on-set shooting took the life of cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounded director Joel Souza. And uh, Mamie Mitchell is being represented by a very prominent Hollywood attorney. And again, was is suing because she was allegedly injured during the incident. This is not. This is coming not too far off the back of another crew member, a gaffer on this set up, uh, also filing a lawsuit against Baldwin. Most consensus is these suits will be settled quietly out of court. But you know, there you have it. This is also coming off the back of many very serious allegations. Some might call them outlandish allegations. That made the round on the news from the attorney for the onset armorer of the film, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, claiming that she was set up. There was sabotage. They were worried that there was bad intent. The district attorney for this case has done their best to set the record straight. And we definitely still have a lot to learn here. And this case only seems, or the story only seems to continue to heat up as the weeks go by. But we will be sure to keep you updated whenever we learn more. For now, though, that's all we got. I do want to offer a friendly reminder to the listeners to to take everything they hear with that grain of salt and don't believe everything you read or hear in the news. And finally, let's get into the box office. I'm going to count it down this week. At the bottom of our list, we do have No Time to Die. We have Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Dune. I'm I'm, I'm lumping these together. Each raked in a cheeky $3 million apiece, respectively, give or take a few hundred thousand. Now, each of these movies had some serious staying power for the last few weeks, if not longer, especially in the case of No Time to Die in Venom. Uh, My prediction is that these films will likely be taken out of the theaters pretty soon and then brought over to video on demand and then streaming. In fourth place was one of this weekend's wide openers, Warner Brothers' King Richard, starring Will Smith. It posted a somewhat disappointing debut with an estimated $5.7 million from about 3,300 locations, which was at the lower end of expectations. But this film also got the same HBO Max day and date treatment that all the, the other Warner Brothers Slate has gotten. Analysts, of course, saying that this, is likely, this has likely affected the box office, as one might guess. But I like to remind everybody these days with with the day and dates that we just don't have enough data from the streaming services themselves to have an accurate and reliable way to compare and contrast streaming performance versus box office performance. All we know is what happens at the box office for now. And I really genuinely would like to to have a way to sort of convert the performance of what something does on a streaming platform to the box office. Because I know, like we saw with some of the Netflix data leaks uh, when I guess it was like the controversial Dave Chappelle thing, and some of the employees released data. They have these platforms have their own internal ways of measuring success and how much money they ought to spend, but it's still a little bit on the mysterious side for that. Now, third place went to Paramount's *Clifford the Big Red Dog*, which dropped 51 percent to about 8.1 million following its like $16 million debut last weekend. The family-friendly flick has done about 33.5 million to date and this film was actually also simultaneously released theatrically and on streaming platform in this case Paramount Plus. And uh, like Dana and I talked about last week, if any genre could succeed on streaming, I think it's the family-friendly films, considering that in this day and age, the whole f- taking the whole family to the movies can be nearly as expensive as taking them to an amusement park. So pretty decent. I think this movie had a 65-ish million dollar budget, so uh, still has a little ways to go to recoup, but again, we, we have no idea how, how much revenue, new streaming fees from this movie have, have played a part. In second place, Is the controversial Eternals movie from Marvel Studios? The film dropped to second place after occupying the top spot for two consecutive weekends. It fell 60% to an estimated 10.8 million in its third weekend, and that's another relatively steep drop for the MCU pick, which fell uh, 62% last weekend, and the film has done about 135 million in North America so far which is running roughly 23% behind Shang-Chi and about 12% behind Black Widow at the same point when they were in theaters. And finally, in first place, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, It debuted in North America this weekend with an estimated 44 million from about 4,300 locations. And it seems that this movie pulled in both older audiences and younger audiences, Now, Sony's uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife skyrocketed past the studio's relatively conservative projections. The studio estimated around 27 or 28 million originally. And this movie was was supposed to be released in June 2020, but was pushed back for obvious reasons. It did fall slightly behind the all-female-led cast uh, Ghostbusters film that came out a few years ago, but nevertheless, the movie exceeded expectations, and I will be curious to know how the movie does in its second week. Now, that's all from the box office. I'm going to take the quickest break you've ever heard, and I'll be right back with a very special guest who was on a unique assignment for us. This is Hollywood Unfiltered on Fun for Life Radio.
0: You are listening to Fun for Fun- Life Radio, because tis the season for having fun.
1: And welcome back to Hollywood Unfiltered. I'm Brandon. Dana is off this week. He'll be back next week. But we have a very special guest joining us now, none other than my very own father, John Lou here. So last week, I called you out on the show, Dad, because I've been trying to get you to watch a single Marvel movie for quite some time now. And uh, you finally, because of the public shaming, I guess you finally acquiesced to my request, and you checked out your first Marvel movie ever. Before we get into that, you watched Iron Man one. I'm just curious, what were your reasons for not watching in the first place?
0: You know, Brand, I just have never been into the superhero genre, or you know, even action. As I got older, I I found myself just enjoying comedy more than anything. It was just as more of an escape for me to, to you know, laugh and and get away from things. I, th- I think I kind of probably just never. Was into the comics to begin with when I was a kid. Although I am a Batman fan, and I will shout out Michael Keaton as the best Batman.
1: Oh, controversial!
0: But you know, it just never—I never really got into into the whole Marvel thing, or or, or that you know the superhero movies in general. Even when you were a, a kid, I mean, I probably watched Spider Man with you and your brother a, a couple times. Uh, but you know, it just it was never something I really enjoyed.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So going into it, when like when when I started and, and my brother and sister and I, when we all started trying to kind of nag you and convince you to, to watch it, watch uh, well, well you. Firstly, let me take a step back. Well, what what kind of what kind of movies and TV shows are, are you into these days? Before we even get into the Marvel.
0: I mean, I love The Office. I I could watch The Office all day every day. Parks and Rec, same thing. Um, also, I mean, I find myself honestly watching the same movies over and over again when they're when they're on regular TV. I watch Step Brothers or, you know, any of the Adam Sandler movies. Blended is actually one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies for some reason. I've probably seen that more than any other movie uh, ever at this point. But it, again, it's just it just m- makes me laugh. And I you know, I still can enjoy watching The Office or any of these movies and there are times where I will catch something and realize like I never even saw that or heard that before. And I just start laughing out loud, even though I've seen it like a hundred times.
1: That's fair. That's a testament of a great show or a movie that we can rewatch it and you catch, you pick up on things. So you watched Iron Man one, and I will say it was a tough decision to decide which movie to recommend. Iron Man one was sort of a natural first choice because it was the one that started off the entire cinematic universe but me and my team of experts deliberated for quite some time trying to decide exactly which one. And I'm not, I'm still not sure if we made the right call.
0: So I got to say, I enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, sometimes you watch a movie like you guys referenced the original Dune and the Dune movies now on your show. And I remember actually going to see the original Dune, uh, with your uncle Art and us leaving the movie theater. It was so bad in our opinion, but um, you know, that's the kind of thing. If I watched Iron Man and, and I felt like it was two hours of my life, I could never get back. I would, I would, you know, come right on here and admit it. I enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining. Uh, I did get a couple chuckles, uh, which I think is probably part of the reason why you guys uh, chose that one. Knowing, knowing my uh, affinity for comedy, But, um, you know, it's just not something that I could just go back and and now I I don't feel like I need to see Iron Man 2 or any of the other things that followed it. I enjoyed it. Would I watch it again? Probably not, unless it was like the absolutely only thing uh, on TV. Uh, And and, and just to give you an example, when you were here visiting me, uh, you actually asked me about watching Pirates of the Caribbean. And I had told you I had never seen those. And when, when we watched the first one, it actually uh, made me want to watch the second one, which we actually did watch the next day. And then, you, you know, you had to go to the airport. And I end up watching the third one you know, maybe two or three weeks later. But I, I enjoyed that. And I guess to it, but that's more along the lines of a comedy, adventure comedy. But that made me want to see up to number three. Now, I haven't seen the other two because I felt like the third one was a natural ending for me with that set of movies. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was excellent. I mean, he's just kind of snarky in, in, in that role. And I enjoyed the way he, he was portrayed. Uh, Jeff Bridges, right, was the...
1: Yeah, he was the Ironmonger, yeah. Yeah,
0: he he was good. And uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, I thought all of the three of the main characters were excellent. Um, I kind of, not, not even knowing, kind of could foreshadow what was going to take place, which was uh, maybe a little disappointing to me as well. But it was it was well done. So like I said, I'm not hating on it. Uh, it's just not something I need to continue doing.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. It's interesting that you bring up the Pirates of the Caribbean movies because we watched those after I, we tried getting you to watch, I guess probably one of the Marvel films, and they're similar. They're similar. They're adventurous. They're, there's humor in there. They are a little bit different flavors, but I think there's some tones and sentiments that are similar enough that we thought, hey, if you like the Pirates of the Caribbean films, you probably would get, a, you'd at least enjoy uh, some of these Marvel movies. But now I want to ask, would you would you consider giving one more film in the franchise a chance? Considering that it's an entirely different flavor. The thing with the Marvel movies, and some of the critics of the Marvel Cinematic Universe like to like to say that they all are too similar. That is just not the case. Like all of the different film franchises, and then the Avengers, and each film and each sort of uh each different franchise within the Marvel Cinematic Universe has its own flavor completely. Iron Man is has its own flavor to Captain America, has its own flavor to Thor, has its own flavor to Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Avengers movies themselves have their own flavor. Flavor. Now we really, I, it was we when, when we were debating which movie to watch. It was highly contentious whether or not to like let you to recommend OG Iron Man since it's, it was the first movie in the in the thing, or if if we should recommend Guardians of the Galaxy because it was a little bit more your speed in terms of more comedy and more like Pirates of the Caribbean. However, it doesn't connect exactly the same way that the other movies do in the beginning phases of Marvel. Would you consider giving one more film a chance? Again, considering it's its own flavor from Iron Man?
0: Now, let me ask you this before I answer. Is Iron Man or any of the characters from Iron Man in that movie or is it they're just com- it's a completely different No,
1: it's a completely different movie. It's 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 its own it's its own team and it's its own characters. In fact, some of the cast you'll recognize. Um Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec, which is a show you like. He's the one of the main characters in that. Dave Bautista from WWE is in that and he's been in other movies. Bradley Cooper is in it. Vin Diesel uh, voices one of the characters. Um Zoe Saldana is just amazing in that movie uh so the cast is really good and it's its own kind of separate thing that eventually this isn't really a spoiler eventually ties in to with with iron man and the avengers later on down the road much later on down the road but it is it's its own separate thing completely
0: well i mean obviously as i get older i probably am a little too set in my ways so i will tell you uh probably not this week being it's a holiday week but in the next couple weeks i will watch it and i will come back on and 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 give you my opinion, and then, if I'm not into it, then I will not be watching any more Marvel movies. I do have to shout out, from Marvel, um, Daredevil, because when Daredevil was on Netflix, your Uncle John convinced me to watch it because of the fight scenes, and I do have to admit, I did really enjoy season one and two, which I think there was only two of Daredevil on Netflix. Uh, I don't know, maybe i just have to be a little more open-minded. I I definitely was open minded with Iron Man. Like I said, I I I watched it, but it just don't feel like I need to, you know, keep going down that rabbit hole. But I will watch this other one, and maybe that will convince me that hey, maybe I am missing something, and then I'll go back and have you email me a list of what I need to watch and in what order.
1: You know, there is there was a concern. We don't want to give you homework. We want to give you something that you're going to enjoy as far as content. However, there is there is like. What we really want to get you to is the first Avengers movie. If you can get to that, I think you'll be you'll be hooked genuinely. However, Guardians of the Galaxy—if you—if you—if you truly don't like Guardians, then yeah, there's no reason for you to watch any of the other movies. This really was a contentious debate um, between the experts. I want to ask you one more question: Was there? You said you went into this experience with an open mind, which I appreciate and I'm grateful for. Do you think there was, even in the back of your mind, a little bit of pressure that was also affecting the watching experience?
0: You know, Brian, I don't know if it was, I would consider it pressure or whatnot. I mean, again, just going, throwing back to where we were with the whole Pirates of the Caribbean thing. I was reluctant to to watch those. And, uh, you know, you guys convinced me to do it. And actually, you tried to get me to watch Iron Man that next day instead of Pirates 2. I don't think it's pressure. I honestly just think I'm very stubborn and, and OCD in ways. And it's, if it's just not in my wheelhouse, um, you know, I don't really go there. And you, and you know, that with me, it's, I'm very, I'm very black and white. It's, it is what it is. And if it's, if it's not for me, it's not for me. So I can appreciate the fact again, that you guys got me to do this. Like I said, I'm not, I don't feel like it was two hours of my life. I'll never get back. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining for the time. And that was that. So I don't think there was any pressure. I was, I was more shocked when you called me out on your show but at this point in time I can appreciate the fact that you guys are trying to get me to expand my horizons so I will watch the the, the next movie that you asked me to watch and and we'll revisit this conversation uh, again in a couple weeks.
1: That sounds great and fair enough. Yeah, We're not trying to torture you. We are trying to get you. We we know that the things that you get into you really get into. This is one of those things that you could theoretically really get into. But yes, there is no pressure. I think one more, if you're willing I'm grateful that you're willing to give us one more chance. Watch the first Guardians of the Galaxy and just know that yeah, if you you don't like this one, then the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is not for you. However, it's been said that for those who did Get into Iron Man right away. That Guardians of the Galaxy was that thing that made them want to get into it more and realize there's there is a lot to this whole universe. But yeah, Dad, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, uh, and I know Dana's looking forward to hearing this this little chat we had. And I'm also looking forward to having you back on the show in a couple of weeks after you watch Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Great, buddy. I appreciate it, and uh, you know, I hope everybody, all your listeners, have a, a great Thanksgiving. We'll t- uh, talk again soon.
1: Thanks so much, old man. Love you. I'll see you soon.
0: Love you, buddy. You're listening to Fun for Life Radio on Dash, where the dress code is always clothing optional.
1: And we are back on Hollywood Unfiltered, only on Fun for Life Radio and Dash Radio Network. Please, if you enjoy the content, consider following at Fun for Life Radio on Instagram. You can follow Dash Radio on Instagram. You can follow me at Brandon underscore Lou here, L-O-U-H-I-E-R. You can also follow my co-host, Dana Buckler, at real Dana Buckler on Instagram. And we're going to get into something we haven't done on the show yet. I want to open up the lines of some listener call If you yourself would like to call in to ask a question, to say hi, to give your opinion, you can do so by DMing us on social media, and we'll have our producer, Jonathan Geneva, go through the list on a first-come, first-served basis and get you on the show. And so, hey, Jonathan, are the lines open and ready to go? Yeah, Mike, we're good to go. All right, we have Joe calling from Brick, New Jersey. How you doing, Joe?
0: I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you?
1: I'm doing good too, man. Thanks for asking. What do you want to talk about?
0: All right. So my girlfriend and I recently watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. I know it's uh, uh, well after the release date, but my question to you is: What I read that I read that Zack Snyder was going to be taking a leave from the Justice League movies. He wasn't going to be doing his Zack Snyder's Justice League two um, due to some tragic circumstances that happened within his family. Um, but then he came out this last year and directed. Army of Thieves and Army of the Dead, two very popular Netflix shows or two very popular Netflix movies. And uh, I just want to know what your thoughts are and if there's going to be a if you believe there's going to be a a Zack Snyder's Justice League 2, you know, and what your thoughts are on the topic.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Actually, there's there's a couple facets to that. and, And I would actually like to offer you a correction on the, on the quote-unquote real timeline of all of this because I've also seen some of these articles floating around social media lately with headlines about Zack Snyder stepping down from Justice League 2. I don't know where they originated exactly, Joe, but what they are are actually repurposed or rewritten articles from around 2017 when Zack Snyder did step down from the original Justice League and had Joss Whedon, who directed the first Avengers film, finish it. Now, I'm not going to get into why he stepped down back then, but what I will say is that he's unquestionably justified for needing that time away. Lord knows. And then, obviously, the famous or or infamous Snyder Cut came a few years later in March of this year, of 2021, to a much greater uh, fan and critical reception, as we know. But that should offer you a little more clarity on why he did those films for Netflix, too. In reality, they were actually produced well after the Justice League, presumably once Mr. Snyder had some time to heal with his family and whatnot. But uh, as far as an actual second Justice League in the the so-called Snyderverse, you know, like with the same cast and the expansion of that universe, that's a really hard one to say. I'm very skeptical. Like you might have heard Dana and I talking last week about Wonder Woman 1984, The Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and just how Warner Brothers desperately needs a hit for those franchises to continue long term at all. Uh, I believe. They're still going forward with Aquaman 2. I haven't heard anything about Wonder Woman 3 being canceled yet, <laughs> but we also have the new Flash and the Flashpoint project, which is supposed to blow open like DC's version of the multiverse, just like Marvel's doing now. Uh, Zack Snyder, like a little bit before the Snyder cut was actually released, I'm pretty sure he said himself that he had no plans to jump back into a Justice League project or, or a DC project. However, he also said he didn't think he would have ever done the Snyder Cut itself. So I guess we'll have to see, you know, like my prediction would be most likely no on a Justice League 2 for better or for worse. I would like to see it, but I just don't see it. I don't personally see it happening. Again, these other properties would have to absolutely slay in every feasible way for Warner Brothers to consider that But who knows? You know, the fans have spoken up once. Maybe they'll do it again. Maybe Warner Brothers put out those fake Justice League 2 stories to gauge fan interests and appetite. You know, like I have my suspicions that all major studios have been doing that lately. So who knows? But yeah, you know, I hope that offered you a little more insight on the whole subject and whether or not there's going to be a Justice League 2 uh you know n- not really it's in the work it's not in the works yet officially but you know crazier things have happened as we've seen
0: all right thanks a bunch man i appreciate it
1: thanks so much for your question joe have a great day having a- happy thanksgiving
0: you as well man happy thanksgiving
1: all right let's take another listener call looks like we have megan from mckinney texas how's it going megan
0: good how are you brendan
1: i'm doing very well thank you what do you want to talk about
0: I was just wondering what you thought about the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and the rumors that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are making an appearance.
1: Oof, yeah, that's a good one. You know, part of me wants to say, whoa, spoiler alert, but I mean, these are just rumors after all. Nothing is confirmed, and unless you've been living under a rock, you have heard the fans crying from the mountains about this, so... Um, You know, about the trailer or trailers themselves, I mean, of course I've seen them. I'm pretty sure it became one of the highest viewed trailers of all time within the first 24 hours or less, just like the the previous Spider-Man trailer. And we do see in the trailer, you know, no, this isn't a spoiler, we do see in the trailer some of the villains from the McGuire and Garfield Spider-Man movies coming back. So, you know, eh, maybe, maybe. But I'm not going to say I'm not going to say whether or not uh, I think they will be in the movie just in case I'm right and therefore it's like an unintended spoiler but you know I want to I want to keep mine and everyone's expectations in check for the le- I guess less than a month really we have left before the film actually comes out we could find out for ourselves I will say that the fan expectations with this type of thing can be over the top sometimes. I mean, like I don't know if you remember when WandaVision came out on Disney Plus and broke like the long drought of Marvel content we had. Like you had people all over the internet diving into rabbit holes that weren't there and and coming up with all sorts of crazy theories. You know, it's so funny too. Like I've been seeing fan art, you know, like fan like fan-made movie posters. All over social media lately, that are captioned, quote, uh, like Spider Man, no way home fan expectations. And they're just, they just have like, they have like 15 different Spider Man on it. All the Avengers, King Kong is in there. Batman and Superman are in there. You got Star Wars characters and lightsabers and like SpongeBob's in there. You know, it's cracking up looking at that stuff. But it's a great sort of parody and comment of the fans. And I think. Dana was actually saying this on his podcast, the Dana Buckler show shout out that when you go into a movie with zero expectations, it's pretty hard to be disappointed. So yeah, there you have it. you know, I, I do I want to add one more thing actually that strongly I do strongly encourage any Marvel or Spider-Man fans to adopt that zero expectation strategy and then you know, hopefully you're'll you'll, you'll be blown out of the water. But yeah, thank you so much for calling in.
0: Thank you so much for taking my call. Have a good Thanksgiving.
1: Thank you. Have a good Thanksgiving, Megan. Thanks. All right. I think we have time for one more caller. We have Mustika from Singapore. What the heck? Singapore, Mustika. That's a long way away. How you doing?
0: Oh, my God. Hey, Brandon. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. What's going on?
0: Going good. I'm having a good weekend. I just wanted to call in and send some love from everyone here in Singapore. And then I just want to say that we love Fun For Life Radio. Oh
1: my gosh. That's so, that's so cool. Oh my goodness. I appreciate you calling in and letting us know that, Mustika. Uh, and, And please give from everyone here at Hollywood Unfiltered, Fun For Life Radio and Dash Radio Network, please give an enormous amount of love back to everyone there in Singapore as well. Thank you so much for calling in.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Jonathan, I think we have to hold it there for the listener collins. We are running out of time, but but genuinely it's an honor. And and you know what? Like it what an honor it is for me personally to be a part of this station and this network. We're officially a couple of months into the second season of Hollywood Unfiltered, and I have truly been having so much fun. I mean, this is fun for life radio after all, and I hope everyone listening out there across the world are having as much fun as me. Truly. Now I would love to take this opportunity to shout out some of the other shows on the Fun for Life station. There's just an incredible mix of music, of talk shows. We have some of the best DJs in the world who play just insane catchy mixes. We have the absolute beast, DJ Ceviche. We have the queen of airplane hangar parties, DJ Basie. We have the man, the myth, the legend himself, DJ Raul Campos. I personally had barbeats with DJ Raul Campos on last night when I was driving home uh, from a meeting. And let me tell you, every last second slapped me right in my musical G spot. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry, sorry. I don't know what that was. Is that cringe? I don't know. Anyway, if that wasn't enough, we also have the amazing Jack C. Merrick who does the show In Love with Jack C. Merrick where he tackles different themes around, centered around love and plays an hour of, of incredible music all centered around that theme. And the first time I heard the show, he was doing a rather salacious episode, I'll say, about love and sex. I was cracking up the whole time. Highly recommend. And we also have some phenomenal talk shows too, like Relationship Renegades with Rachel Brooks Smith and Emilio Palifax where they talk about healthy and prosperous relationships being the new norm. They have amazing guests. They, it's just love in its purest form. And I, well, I love it. I love love, baby. Hell yeah. Anyway, so what I also love is Rock Your Life with Arian Alexander. She is an absolute baller. She's a life coach. She's an actress who you've seen in tons of stuff. She, she talks with guests about different ways to maximize yourself as a human, as an entrepreneur, and as the title of her show says, How to Rock Your Life. So let's go. Rock Your Life with Erin Alexander. And how can we talk about Fun for Life Radio without touching on truth and tunes with the award-winning TV host Billy Montilla? I love her. I love that show. She has massive influencers on from all areas of art, entertainment, music and she interviews them they go over the five songs that were most formative and meaningful to them so if you know someone who doesn't have the dash radio app saved to their phone or carplay you need to ask them what the heck they're doing because life is better with a little fun and guess what It's free, 24-7, commercial-free radio, commercial-free content, and it's just going to keep on coming week after week, and we are so happy and so grateful that you are listening and and being a part of it. This is Hollywood Unfiltered. Thank you again to my dad for hanging out and for being willing to expand his uh, cinematic horizons. Thank you so much to our callers this week, and thank you so much to everyone listening. Feel free to reach out and follow us on social media at fun Life Radio, at Dash Radio, at Brandon underscore Lou here, at Real Dana Buckler. My name is Brandon Lou here, and I know I speak for myself and my co-host Dana when I say I wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate in the U.S., and we are looking forward to seeing you here same time, same place, next week.